This is Optimal Startup Daily, episode 961, How to Interview a Prospective Employer by Honey Smith with GetRichSlowly.org. And I'm Dan, I am your host of the show, and I am with you every single day reading from these great blogs on entrepreneurship. And our selected blog today is Get Rich Slowly, which is J.D. Roth's site. And I'll tell you more about J.D. after the post. But for now, let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it as we optimize your life. How to Interview a Prospective Employer by Honey Smith with GetRichSlowly.org Speaking about building wealth, J.D. Roth felt that he could never make this point emphatically enough. Quote, Frugality is important, but if you want to make real progress, increase your income, end quote. It's in this context that being able to ace an interview becomes a very important skill. And certainly, part of the interview process should include your asking questions of a prospective employer to make sure that the job and the company are right for you. If you are early in your career, though, it is natural to approach a job interview as if it's a test that you might or might not pass. But this perspective could lead to some undesirable results. Firstly, and ironically, it may prevent you from highlighting your strengths. Secondly, it may keep you from finding out the things that you need to know in order to properly consider a job offer if they do want to hire you. Here are three more ways having a test mentality can affect how you conduct your interview and some strategies for how to avoid potential missteps. Getting anxious instead of being confident. Thinking of an interview as a test is an easy way to make yourself overly anxious going into the experience. I definitely had test anxiety when I was in school, and I'm not sure it's a healthy way to approach this part of your job search. However, if any aspect of the job interview is a test, it's the resume and cover letter. If your brain simply can't think of the job hunt in any other way, think of reading job ads as studying. Read each ad carefully and ask yourself, what do they really mean when they say things like flexible, team player, or proven track record? Are there hard skills like having a particular certification or knowing a programming language that are minimum qualifications for this position? Typically, if something is listed as a minimum qualification for the job, there is no point in applying if you don't meet the criteria. This is especially the case with so-called hard skills. However, many of the other desired traits will actually be transferable skills. That means as long as you can make a good case for how you possess those qualities, you are in the running. So tailor your resume and cover letter to demonstrate this. If you are called in for an interview, that means they are already confident you have the skills required to do the job so you should be confident too. Your focus shouldn't be on defending yourself. I mean, no one is attacking you, and if they are, do you really want to work there? Instead, you should concentrate on acting like the friendly, competent colleague you are and plan to be. Trying to give the right answers instead of being honest. Another unintentional side effect of the test-taking mindset is trying to figure out the right answer to the questions you're being asked. The interview process is, or should be, as much about you finding a company that is a good fit for you as it is about proving to the prospective employer that you can do the job. Being honest up front will help avoid problems down the road, even if it means you aren't offered the job. Ideally, the expectations of a particular job will be clearly outlined in a job ad so that you are not put in a situation where you are interviewing for a job that doesn't actually meet your criteria. However, sometimes language in a job ad leaves something to be desired in the clarity department. Additionally, sometimes there are things going on behind the scenes that mean job responsibilities have shifted a bit since the ad went live. But telling a prospective employer that you are willing and able to travel when you're actually not, 
or that you can work evenings and weekends when you can't is a recipe for disaster. Sometimes these aspects of the job are more flexible than they appear. If they decide you are the best candidate for the job, they may find a way to make it work for you even if you say, no, you can't travel or work late. You are actually negotiating even before you begin to negotiate. And if the position doesn't meet your criteria, it is better to decline the job offer gracefully than to take the job only to quit or be fired in six months. Not asking questions of your own. Finally, and most importantly, a test mentality may prevent you from asking the questions you need to get answered. As I mentioned when I talked about what else to consider when accepting a job offer, the company representatives are putting their best foot forward, so you need to interview them to explore what they are saying as well. Here are some questions you may want to ask. If they tell you that it is possible to advance quickly, ask, can you give me an example of someone who started in a similar role who has already advanced? How long did it take and what did they do to facilitate that process? If they say that work schedules are flexible and or that it's possible to work remotely, ask, can you give me examples of current employee work schedules that have incorporated flex time or remote work? What is the process for requesting these things and what are the criteria and timeline for approval of such requests? If they say that you are eligible for overtime, ask, how common is it for employees to have to work overtime and how much advance notice are they given? Is overtime ever mandatory? If there is a vesting schedule for retirement contributions, employee stock purchase plans, or profit sharing, ask, how long before I become vested? How many current employees have been with the company long enough to become vested? If the company pays for training, certification, or continuing education, ask, how many employees have taken advantage of this opportunity? What specific trainings, certifications, or degrees has the company covered in the past? How far in advance do such requests have to be made? Would I be reimbursed or would the company pay such costs directly? By asking questions, you may discover that perks on paper don't match reality. If a company touts a particular policy, they should be able to give you specific examples of that policy being used by their employees. If they can't, that may be a sign that things aren't what they seem and you should proceed with caution. Staying calm will help you listen. Of course, you should also ask any other questions that come to mind during the interview process. Being scared or trying to figure out what they want to hear can prevent you from really paying attention to what's being said and sometimes what's not being said. Instead, be confident and approach the interview as an opportunity to find out as much as you can about the position and your prospective employer. That way, if you are offered the job, you can make an informed decision. You just listened to the post titled How to Interview a Prospective Employer by Honey Smith with GetRichSlowly.org. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search, but match. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com startup. 
So just go to indeed.com slash startup right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash startup. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't need me to tell you that something always comes up when you're running a small business. Take the pain out of payroll benefits and HR and put the joy back in running your business with Gusto. Gusto's payroll and HR services can make it a little easier. Gusto was designed for you, the small business owner. They take the pain out of running a business. Automatically calculating paychecks, filing payroll taxes, setting up open enrollment. Gusto does it all. Want more? Time tracking, health insurance, 401k, onboarding, commuter benefits, offer letters, access to HR experts. Well, you get the idea. With Gusto, you can focus on the joy of running your business. It's super easy to set up and get started. And if you're moving from another provider, Gusto can transfer all your data for you. It's no surprise, 94% of customers are likely to recommend Gusto, 94. And here's the best part. Because you're a listener, you get three months totally free. All you have to do is go to gusto.com slash OWD. Again, that's gusto.com slash OWD. And I'm telling you, you're going to love Gusto. Get started today. A great post today from Honey, and uh, she's actually a guest writer over at Get Rich Slowly, which was created by J.D. Roth. And J.D. just considers himself to be a regular guy who's learned about money through the school of hard knocks. By 2004, he had acquired over $35,000 in consumer debt through credit cards, personal loans, and a car loan, and was living paycheck to paycheck on a salary of $50,000 a year. He didn't have savings at that point, and in October of that year, He says he hit rock bottom. He drafted a three-year plan to get out of debt and he never looked back. In less than a year, he had set aside a $5,000 emergency fund and had increased his cash flow by 750 bucks a month. He put that into debt reduction and in December of 2007, only three years later and right on schedule, he became debt-free for the first time in his adult life. And as for what he's doing now, he's an early retiree. So if you're curious how he made that leap from getting out of debt To being retired at a young age, you can come by getrichslowly.org for much more. Lots of great articles and resources there for you. And that's gonna wrap up another episode of Optimal Startup Daily. Thanks so much for being here and hope you're back tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.